Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Tonight we're going to talk about the giant of fear. Everybody say fear. You know, I, I don't know um, if you kind of let your mind run a little bit and think about some of the fears you had as a kid. Um, how many of you, like, you were a scaredy cat when you were a kid? Or a scaredy dog, maybe, might be better than a scaredy cat. You, you were scared. Like, like, you remember, like, I don't know if it was, like, if this was big for you, but you didn't, if you were laying in bed at night, you didn't dare leave your hand dangling over the edge of the bed. <laughs> or leave a foot kind of hanging out of the quilts and it was kind of dangling. You thought somebody's going to get you, right? Like, if you had to go TT. Like, you were going to actually jump over. You wouldn't dare let your foot kind of, your leg get close to it because something was under the bed. Or how many of you, like, you couldn't go to bed, like, you could not go to sleep if the door of the closet, closet door was open, raise your hand. And you would lay in bed and you would, like, be thinking about who you're going to call. Right? You'd be laying in bed going, who are you going to call? Because the boogeyman or whatever, you were, you had fear. Some of y'all don't even know what that movie is. I'm really feeling old. Some of y'all probably weren't born in 1984, but it was a great movie. You know who you're going to call? And, and uh, um, think about this in your life. Uh, again, we could talk about a lot of funny stuff. Some of you are like... You, you know, you had a fear of bugs or spiders or like you had a fear of vegetables. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff. And, and I, I, um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's really some ridiculous fears out there. There's some really, really crazy fears. And some of them I can't hardly pronounce them. And um, I heard a pastor talk about this topic and and. Uh, listing off some of these fears, and it was like just so crazy and how weird they were. Like, for example, the um, fear of a blood phobia. They're pretty hard. What do you think that is? Fear of bathing or washing. You have fear. Some of you are like, you are wondering why during worship people were moving away from you because you're stinky and you have this fear of taking a bath, you know. Uh, what about... A laxophobia. I didn't say laxophobia. Something like that. Is it a laxative? No. Oh, that's the fear of opinions. All the husbands just went, what? Let me write that one down. Because you're like, you fear, you're afraid every time your wife has an opinion about stuff and you're like, baby, I'm scared. Don't tell me what you're thinking. Uh, the next one is cathesophobia, the fear of sitting. Isn't that weird? Like you're tired and like you have this fear of sitting down. And so you're starting to sit down and you're going, no, I can't sit down because you fear it. It's a lot funnier than I thought because you aren't laughing. But anyway, here's a good one. Pentherophobia is fear of your mother-in-law. That's a real fear. Uh, one of my favorite ones, and we're going to put it on the screen, is Ses. I told you all these are hard. Sesquidelophobia is the fear of long words. The guy that came up with that is a jerk because that is way too long of a word. 
But, you know, whether it's what was under the bed or, you, you know, like, uh, again, another one that I forgot to say is pelathophobia is the fear of bald people. Like, what happens if you go bald and you have the fear of bald people? You're going to be screaming every time you look in the mirror. But you know whether you're, you're, you have a fear of what's under the bed or in the closet or some of these weird things, it's very easy to kind of go, well, you know what, those are stuff, I don't really struggle with fear. And, and um, I'm like, you know, I know some, some of the guys in here, you're like, man, I'm tough and I'm not scared of nothing. But, you know, when you start to kind of pull back the layers of our life, there's a lot of fears that rule us. There's a lot of fears in our life that dominate us. They drive our life. And we sometimes don't even realize how powerful these fears and, and what a giant they've become in our life. For example, if you want to write some of these down, there's the fear of loss. Having the fear of loss. Uh, for example, um, maybe, you know, you you're like, you know what, I fear um, that I'm going to lose an opportunity. And again, the, this is why infomercials are so powerful because they communicate to us and they capitalize on this moment of saying, you know what, you got to buy it right now. You need this right now. Or, you, you know, you, uh, you have a fear of losing your health and you're, you're always worried about um, health problems. You're thinking, you know what, my, my mom or dad struggled. This was a health problem for them. And you're like, I'm Hope I don't get that. And you have this, this fear of loss and, and um, afraid, of, uh, again, um, or maybe you're afraid of losing the look that you have. And you're always wanting to stay young looking. And this is what keeps Botox going. But I have some bad news for you is over time, you are going to look different. You're going to change. Um, uh, again, uh, maybe you're uh, afraid of losing your spouse, losing a child, uh, financial loss, uh, whatever it is. Uh, the fear of loss is, is a real fear. There's a fear of failure. Again, uh, this one is, is why some of you have never started the business that you dreamed of. Um, you've dreamed of doing uh, things with your life, and, and the fear of failure has kept you from doing this. Another one is fear of rejection. This is probably a big one for a lot of us is that we fear being rejected. Like, for example, uh, a lot of you, there's a lot of singles in our church. Any single people here tonight at the 530, raise your hand. Y'all keep it up high. I want you to, y'all need to look around and see what, what's all your options. <laughs> Some of y'all are looking around going, I'm going to, the, I'm going to another service because I can keep looking. We got 930 and 11 tomorrow. You can come look tomorrow too. I'll try to keep people's hands up higher. But you're, you're like, you have this fear of rejection, of asking somebody out. Um, there, again, um, this, this even affects a lot of married people, uh, especially if you, you've come out of a divorce and, 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 and the separation, you feel left or they left you or whatever, and there's this fear of rejection. And sometimes that causes you to even build up a wall, and it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy for your life because you are like, you know what, I fear being rejected, so I'm not going to let anybody get close to me. And so you build up this wall around you, and they want to get close to you, but they can't. It's not that they don't want to get close to you, but it's because you 
built up the wall so you wouldn't be rejected. And it's kind of like almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. This is a big one, the fear of rejection. Um, Again, uh, another one is the fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. And and, um, think about this. uh, Like, I mean, isn't it it easy to let your mind kind of wander, like just go crazy? Like when you're laying in bed at night and you start thinking about stuff, and, and I don't know if you're like me sometimes. I, I do this. I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm thinking about stuff, and my mind's racing, and I'm, like, thinking about, a, you know, all this stuff. And it's, if you let your, your fears about certain things, the unknown, is, it's just crazy. Like, you know, you get a, a, a loved one, or maybe you went to the doctor, and they did a test, and they said, you know what, um, we'll give you the results in three weeks, and you're worried about it for three weeks, you can't sleep. Because it's the fear of the unknown. Or maybe a, a loved one has gotten that diagnosis, and you're like, are they going to recover from that? It's the fear of the unknown. And uh, uh, again, or maybe you're like, you know what, your kids were awesome when they were five are eight, and you were like, they're so sweet, and, and, and like now they're like preteen and they're 12. Some of you are like, not my kid. Your kid's like, you're like, my kid's like nine, and they're still bad. But, um, you know, something happens to kids when they like get in that preteen thing, they, they just kind of get a mind of their own. Can I hear any parents? Amen. Like, uh, uh, like, they just, they're not going to think straight. And you, the fear of the unknown of, like, did, was I a good parent? And are they going to grow up okay? And are they going to be able to handle the right, make the right decisions? That, again, the fear of the unknown is a big one. And you, you, you look at your life, and again, the, these are more serious than some of the funny ones that we were talking about, the fear of loss or fear of rejection or fear of failure or fear of the unknown. And, 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 and so many times we don't realize that our life is ruled by these things. That when you start to kind of pull back the layers that, that in your life, the fear... In your life, it's, it's really a giant. It's why you do what you do. And I want to show you what God's word says about this giant in your life because it is important for us to talk about this because, listen to me, God wants us to slay the giant of fear in our life. And I want to show you a, a, a passage of scripture that you may not be aware of. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. If you want to turn there or if you don't have your your Bible, you can see it on the screen. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So what I I really want you to understand something when it comes to fears as we talk about this. And it's easy for our mind. And I think, listen to me, a lot of us, we've just gotten comfortable with fear. We're just... We believe that it's a part of our life. And it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. We just kind of like, you know what? I, I have my fears and this, is, this rules my life. But I, I want you to see something that, first of all, that God does not give us fear. That the fear that you have is not of God. And actually, 
it, I don't know if you notice this about the fear that it says that fear is actually a spirit. That your fear that you have, it's actually a spirit. In fact, what that tells me is that we don't slay the giant of fear in the physical. We have to, if it's a spirit, we have to slay it in the spiritual. It's a spiritual thing. What do I mean by that? It means that there is an enemy of your soul, of your life, that spiritually he is attacking your life with all of these fears, trying to sabotage what God is trying to do in your life. He's trying to sabotage you. He, he, he is, for some of you, he has been working on you for a long time with these fears. This has been, again, as I said a few moments ago, this has been a big area for me. I've struggled with fear, and you guys have heard my, me share my story of, of my, my, my struggle with anxiety and panic attacks, and it's really much deeper than that even. For me, um, some of y'all may not know this, I am naturally, like, I'm an introvert. My wife is, is, is super outgoing. She loves being around, like, she wants to be around big groups of people. She's, it's natural for her. It's not natural for me to be up here. And I'm just going to tell you, when, when I was in college studying for the ministry, you couldn't pay me money to pray in front of anybody. I was so shy and so introverted that, like, for example, they invited me as a, as a missionary kid, they invited me to a missions chapel to pray, just to pray. And what did I do? Oh, man, a faith godly pastor here, I faked being sick because I didn't want to go pray in front of them. It's a fear. And when God called me and started moving in my heart to start Creekwood Church and I was in Houston, Texas, do you know that fear was all over me? And I was like, God, are you crazy? I don't know some of y'all don't talk to God like that, but I do. I'm like, God, you've lost it. Like every single weekend, I got to be in front of people. And I can't hardly pray in front of people. And I'm telling you something. This, is, this has been an area the enemy has tried to sabotage me with it. The enemy has tried to attack me and created this huge giant of fear. And I had to get to a place that I said, this fear will not destroy God's destiny for my life. I'm preaching a lot better than y'all responding. I know it's spring break. Some of y'all checked out, chilling out, but I'm preaching really good tonight. This fear. No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just kidding. It's like some of y'all now are going to be clapping every time. It's like, poor Pastor Stephen, we got to encourage him. Bring it on. No, I'm just kidding. This fear is, is, is powerful. Now, I'm just asking you, what is it that you're fearing? That's sabotaging you. Some of you can't be the parents that you need to be because of your fear. And you're hovering over your kids. You're smothering your kids. Because you have this fear that, that something bad is going to happen. Or, or, or you're like, you know what, I don't know if I did everything right. So you are like super controlling. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, fear, when it becomes a giant, it it leads to all kinds of veins of dysfunctions. 
This fear helps you, comp- like if you got the fear of rejection and you don't want to, you're like, you know what, I've been rejected and I, maybe your parents rejected you emotionally. Maybe they didn't reject you physically, but they rejected you emotionally. You felt rejected emotionally and you, listen, it, you compensated some ways. And you need to remind yourself, listen, sometimes we need a wake-up call that the, that giant needs to be slayed because it's not of God in your life. The fear that you have in your life, whatever area that the enemy is trying to get you to fear, that is not from God. you got to slay it. you got to get to a place that you face your giant. You know that's hard to do. You know, I was thinking about David in the Bible, and there's probably no other guy in the Bible that, that dealt with fears like really was able to process through fears and really operate in this like David. And David, you, you look at even from early on as, a, as just a, he was a, a kid out taking care of sheep. And God had this incredible plan for his life and he was always bypassed and nobody thought he was gonna amount to be anything. In fact, he didn't even get to go out to the battlefield. And if you're new to the Bible and you don't really understand what what happened with David and Goliath is an incredible story where, where David kills Goliath. But again, David is just taking care of the sheep. And his dad tells him to go take some pimento cheese sandwiches to his brothers on the front line. He gets there and he, he, he sees this, this, this phenomenon of all these soldiers are just camping out. They're kind of bunkered down because they're full of fear because there's a big old giant named Goliath. And this, this giant is, is screaming all of these things to the people of God. And David has something inside of his spirit, inside of his soul, that he has this boldness that he walks up. And this, this, again, this giant for 40 days has been screaming and yelling, will somebody come face me? And David yells out and he says, who's this uncircumcised Philistine that would challenge the people of God? And people are like, David, don't say, why are you using that word? It might be in the Bible one day. And, but I'm telling you, he had this boldness about him. He had this confidence about him that he was going to face this. And he faced this giant. And go read the story. He, 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 he killed this giant. But you read and, and see, again, David was a man that, that was able to face this giant. And you need to be able to face your giants. You've got to be able to say, you know what, what is it? What is the giant in your life that you're fearing? One of the things that, that happens, and again, I, I don't really believe that we understand what, what real faith is, and I don't think we understand even what fa- fear is. But do you know that actually fear is actually faith? Well, a lot of times we want to believe that, that, that fear and faith are, are opposites, but really it's not true. Fear is actually faith, but it's what it means is that you have faith in the wrong thing. Fear is faith in 
what's wrong, the, the what ifs, the, 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 the thoughts that are racing through your minds, you, you have more faith in the unknown, more faith in the, that you're going to get rejected than you do in God. It's really a, a, a faith. You, you have this faith, and it's a faith in the what ifs. Why is it important for you to, to look at the what ifs? Because it's become a faith deal to you. You believe the what ifs you're laying in bed and you're like, what if my son or my daughter or what if my, our finances, what if I lose my job? That's, that's your faith. And why is it important, if you want to write this down tonight, what you fear reveals what you value the most. Think about that. Think about that for a moment. What you fear is what you value the most in your life. If you fear losing your spouse, it, Again, that's, that's what you ought to value. You ought to value your, in your marriage, your spouse. If you fear your, something happened to your kids, it, it means you value your kids. It, it reveals to you, though, if you look at and you start to peg the areas that you fear. If you fear um, uh, losing your health or the unknown of what's happening in your health, it's because you value your health. Number two, what you fear reveals where you trust God the least. What you fear reveals where you trust God the least. And again, I, I want to just have you answer this in your, if you want to write this down or think about that, is, is the question, I'm not trusting God with blank. What, what is it that you're not trusting God with? If you're single and you're like, you know what, Maybe you fear like, maybe I'm not going to get married or maybe I'm never going to have kids. Those are, are you trusting God in that area? Or has your faith been placed in the what ifs? Um, just on a practical level, if you want to write some of these things down, how I believe that you can begin to slay the giant of fear is acknowledge your fear and choose to trust God. Acknowledge your fear and choose to trust God. David, again, was a master at acknowledging things. He says in Psalms 56, verse 2, he says, My adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride, many are attacking me. And I love his honesty when he says this. He says, When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. Isn't it true that sometimes it's hard to acknowledge an area that we struggle in? Like, I know, I think men struggle with this more than anybody else, and all the ladies said amen. Like, it's hard for us to admit that we can't do something. And I, I remember um, right when, when my wife and I were engaged, my, I was just become a youth pastor in, in Woodward, Oklahoma, out in the middle of nowhere in the panhandle. And my wife was still in Waxahachie and she had bought our furniture. And she's like, why don't you try to borrow a trailer from somebody in the church and, and, and come down and get our furniture and, and move it all back. And, and I'm like, I found somebody, uh, Mr. Moss, to, to let me use her trailer. And I remember having this conversation with him. He asked me, he said, have you ever backed up a trailer? And I'm like, sure. I lied. I never backed up a trailer. I know some of you are the whiz at backing up trailers. Any trailer strugglers here? It's hard to back up a trailer. And, and he knew real quick that I was lying because when, when I like 
tried to move it, and I ran over all their sprinkler systems. I was breaking sprinkler heads, jackknifing the trailer, and he comes up and taps on the window, and he's like, you don't know how to back up a trailer, do you? No, sir. And I want you to hear me when I say this. Is that I think it's so important for you to, to acknowledge your fear. Say it out loud. The area that you are struggling with is, um, again, acknowledge your fear and choose to trust God. Um, you know, when you, when you start to talk about this, um, again, um, acknowledging this and, and choosing to trust God. Um, um, again, this is it's hard for us to do this. But it's the beginning of it. It's the first steps that you begin to acknowledge it and say, God, this is an area that I am struggling with, that I have fear. God, I I give this to you. I trust you. Listen to me. For me to move here and be the pastor of this church when we're sitting around in my living room and there's two other families with us, I had to trust God with my fears and be able to know that God was going to help me slay that, that giant in my life. And give me the boldness and the confidence to be able to lead a church. What is the area of your life that you need to acknowledge it and trust God for it? Number two, seek God until he takes away your fears. Seek God until he takes away your fears. Seek God until he takes away your fears. Let me ask you this question. How many of you, like, grew up in old school church? Like, like I'm talking about you grew up big time in church, like, you, it was nothing to go in like, you know, two-hour services. Some of y'all are already waving, you know. Um, you know, like, raise your hand if, if, if you, like, sat through two-hour services. What about three-hour service? What about four-hour service? Okay, why are y'all even here tonight? <laughs> y'all have already paid your dues. You're going to heaven. I grew up in that kind of church. And, and you know, as much as, listen, I'm not one to go back to that. I don't want to go back to the three-hour, four-hour church. But there, there's a value in, 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 in one small thing is that, that people were seeking God. Like you could take an hour and a half nap, like, like two-hour nap, and you still were going to get an hour and a half of the word <laughs> when you're a kid. But one of the things that I remember is that people were seeking God. And I think we live in a culture where we're trying to, to box the presence of God and seeking God in his presence. We're like, God, you got four minutes while I'm brushing my teeth or, or like or putting my deodorant on and I'm getting ready. And, and if you don't move in my life while I'm getting ready, you missed it. And I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to get on to anybody, but when's the last time you said, I got this, this is overwhelming me. I'm not going to race out to the car. I'm going to the front, and I need prayer. I'm going to seek God. See, sometimes maybe what you need to do is, is go get in your closet and shut the door and lay on your shoes and just... Say, God, I'm going to seek you. I am going to wait here until you deliver me. This is a spiritual issue. And you've chosen to trust. 
in your fears. You've trusted in the what ifs of your life. What if you were to say, God, I'm going to wait on, I acknowledge this as a struggle. I trust you, God. I'm going to seek you until you give me the power to overcome this in my life. You got to seek him. I was thinking about this today, uh, just all day long, and this has been, as I've been just kind of processing this message, and I was thinking about how the power of seeking God and, and, and how God can take away our fears, and I automatically thought about my wife and what she's been through in her life. A lot of you guys have, have heard me share, but my wife and I had not been married one year, and a man came inside our house, he hid inside our house, he sexually assaulted my wife. And for a long, long time, my wife could never walk into a house by herself. For a long, long time, my wife could never be by herself in the house. This was for years. And I remember my wife, when we were in Houston, we had moved to Houston. And my wife began to seek God. I'm, I'm telling you, it was, it was a, a big moment in her life. She started going to, some of y'all may not know who Beth Moore is. She was driving all the way downtown Houston to Beth Moore Bible Studies at First Baptist Church. And she was going, like, I was like, she's crazy for going down there on a Tuesday night. But she was seeking God. I saw her get in the word of God like never before in seeking God. And I, I'm just here to tell you, that if you'll seek God in the midst of these fears that are, that are sabotaging your life, listen, in the midst of your fears, of what you're fearing the most, God's anointing is going to show up and help you conquer it. Could it be maybe that your destiny is found in what you're fearing? Because it's what the enemy is fighting you so bad in. And he's trying to destroy your life. I love what, again, what David said. He says in Psalms 34, 4, he says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. I sought the Lord. Again, that's going to look different for, for everybody in this place. But I'm just, I'm challenging you to, to not live. Do not allow your life to be ruled by your fears. Begin to face that giant and say, God, I acknowledge this, and God, I'm going to seek you. It doesn't matter what I have to do, God. For some of you, maybe, again, like I said, it's, it's, it's getting in God's word and reading God's word and saying, I am not going to turn the TV on. I'm going to read God's word. I'm going to seek God. I want to pray for you tonight, and I want to ask you just to bow your heads. and You know, I love what John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist church, said this. He says, I've never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear. Whenever I feel, feel fearful emotions overtaking me, I just close my eyes and thank God that he is still on the throne, reigning over everything, and I take comfort in his control over the affairs of my life. I love that. He says, I just close my eyes. It's a spiritual battle. With everyone's head bowed and eyes closed tonight, I, 
I wonder if you're here tonight and you were like, Pastor Stephen, you're talking right at me tonight because this is an area that is, it's been huge in my life. Would you just lift your hand up and say, would you pray for me tonight? Just lift it right up and, and put it right back down and just say, Pastor Stephen, would you pray for me tonight? I, I need prayer. Father, I pray, God, all of us would realize the supernatural power that we have inside of our lives, that your Holy Spirit is at work in our hearts. Father, may our faith be ignited through your word. God, may we, God, know that through your power, God, we can slay this giant in our life, that fear has no place in our life. That fear cannot stand up to the destiny and the calling and the purpose. Father, in your name today, we slam the door on this fear in our life. And God, help us to move forward in our life. Father, I pray over every person here tonight. God, I pray whatever they're going through, whatever they're facing in their life. God, may you touch their life. We thank you for this, God, in your name. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.